This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Hey, you are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hey, Chris. How's it going? I'm chilly yeah. here. <laughs> yep, yep. We were commenting uh, before we started the podcast that uh, while we are in the midst of spring and summer coming upon us fast, you are uh, having winter creeping up on you. Mm, yeah, we're just sort of in autumn at the moment, and uh, or fall, in, as it's called over there, and uh, it's just that little bit crisp. In the morning when I ride into the train station for work, it's got that little bit of coldness in the air, just enough that I have to wear a jacket underneath my riding jacket, but that's right. nice. It's yes, it's yeah, but that you don't mind. It's not a no, bad set of layering going on there. And of course, being in Australia, we never have a problem with snow, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I can ride my bike all year round, which is really cool. <laughs> Well, be, being in my part of Southern California, I never have to worry about snow either. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, 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 me and the boy uh, took a day of hooky yesterday, and uh, I had him ditch school, and we went over to Universal Studios, and we had one of those those days where you go, "Dang, we're not going to have to be here long at all. This is awesome." <laughs> Oh really? So just well, we we got there right at opening, and there's there's a good amount of crowd. I mean, even though we're not in, you know, out of school yet or whatever, there's still a lot of kids there and still a lot of families. I mean, it's it's that kind of anybody that's visiting Hollywood, a lot of times is going to go visit Universal Studios just because it's kind of an all-in-one uh, package of what goes on. You know, it, it's not a bad yeah. introduction. So, uh, but we hopped on the Harry Potter ride. And the Spiggle Me ride, we're done with that in one hour. Then we uh, went down to the bottom of the park. It's kind of a two-tiered park. It's weird. There's these giant escalators that have to take you down to the lower uh, park. It takes probably about 10 minutes to get down there. Um, Not stopping for anything. I mean, it's just a long ways down. But anyway, down there we did our uh, uh, mummy ride and Transformers. And then we got back up top, did the studio tour. By the time we were done with that, it was lunchtime. And we only had one more ride that we were going to go on after that, which was the Simpsons ride. And then we went and watched Waterworld. And we were done. We were time to go home. It was like, woohoo! We hit everything that we wanted to see. <laughs> wow. And so of the rides that are there, how many rides did you actually go on compared to the total number? Okay. So what we didn't go on, we didn't go on uh, the Hippogriff ride, which is a Harry Potter. It's a really cheesy, lame kitty coaster, essentially. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah. The the boy is not old enough, nor does he want to go into the Walking Dead, uh, which is a a horror maze, if you will. So to oh. walk through, you just walk through. Oh, um, thanks. Uh. And we didn't go on the Jurassic Park ride, which is their water flume ride. Oh, okay, um, that's it. That's what we didn't go okay. on. I mean, there's not there's not a terribly large amount of rides at Universal, um, and like we didn't go see the special effects show. We didn't go see the animal show. Uh, we did go watch the Shrek 4d thing, but, uh, 
a lot of your time literally is spent standing in line, which yeah, because the thrill quotient isn't that high at the park. You kind of come away disappointed if you're standing in line all that time, as opposed to if you're mm. at say Magic Mountain with 17 roller coasters that are going to be uh, coming your way. You know, oh, <laughs> remind me to go there next time over in the U.S. Far out. That's right. That's right. Oh, they would have. Um, they, they actually have roller coasters going through roller coasters there, don't they? Yes. It, yes, they do. That densely packed. <laughs> yes, it's quite. They, I, I always say that Magic Mountain has one of the best skylines. Uh, and I'm talking about roller coaster skyline um, yeah. of any park because when you pull into the parking lot, you if you've ever seen National Lampoon's Vacation and they pull into Wally World, that's Magic Mountain, right? Well, when they filmed that movie, the skyline that they had there was all you know matte painting, and most of that didn't exist other than say Colossus. Now yeah. you pull into it and it looks like that. <laughs> it yeah. looks like full on Wally World. It's <laughs> it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. That is so. pretty cool. Uh, anyway, we did we... we did that, and uh, uh, it was it was fun taking the day off school and uh, just kind of ditching. Oh, that, that would have been awesome. I still haven't got down to Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast to mm-hmm. try out all the rides. Um, geez, I haven't been there for a good ten years, or ever since the Superman Escapes launched Intamin roller coaster got put in there with the top hat. Um, uh, feature on it and uh yeah i've been gagging to go back on that one again it's a great ride um i also haven't been on that they've got like a reverse giant drop the batman um themed thing uh-huh. where it actually catapults you up so that'll be interesting um but yeah they've also got green green lantern as well which is one of those ones that goes upside down um very small car um, mm-hmm. ones which is pretty cool um but it's funny, there's been a lot of press recently that um, Warner Brothers Movie World has, has had a fair few ride malfunctions. Yeah. Um, and the way they handled that has been pretty interesting. They've they've released this video um, talking about some of the rides that go and the reasons why they stop working. And they actually really give it a very good positive spin about why rides malfunction and what happens and why they do that. And... Um, you know the, the the sensors and stuff are so sensitive that even birds can trip them off sometimes, and stuff like that. You know, so there. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting marketing exercise. So essentially, it's saying that hey, our safety protocols are working. You should be thankful. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if a, if a rider rests halfway through, um, then that's it doing its job and keeping you safe. Right. So you know, be thankful that it did that. Um, I saw it was it in Orlando, Florida that they had a, a coaster that stalled recently. Um, we saw it on the news down here. Oh wow! No, I don't know about that one. And it was uh, I forget which park it was. I think it was at Six Flags, and uh, the ride stalled in a very strange place. It sort of stalled at the lower end of an apex of a um, uh, a corkscrew loop. Oh, it it's like how did it stop there? Yeah, <laughs> like. It would have had to grind to a halt. Like something would have had to actually foul it up for it to stop like that. So it's very strange. Well, we had a we had a few years back. Uh, there's a ride at Magic Mountain called Ninja that uh, is all on the side of the hill at Magic Mountain, and they've let all the trees grow around it. And it's it was one of the first uh, hanging coasters. Oh yes. So the track above, Spended. car below, and and the car yeah. would swing. And so obviously by letting all the trees grow, 
uh, when the car would swing, you would give that really nice visual effect of, ah, we're going to smash oh, into a yeah. tree kind of thing. It was great. It was That'd great. Be awesome. Yeah. Well, because of the drought that we had, all the trees were drying out, and one of them, the branch collapsed onto the track, and then when the train came, it wedged on the, the branch and derailed. Oh. And so... Oh. So they had, no they had one car that was dangling, and then the rest of the train was fine. So they had to go rescue all the people off of that. It completely destroyed that that train, right? So yeah. Magic Mountain's solution, unfortunately, was really sad. They just went and mowed all the trees down. Uh, and so the hillside was just... It looked like when the ride first got installed many years ago. Um, just this blank, boring hillside. But then... The, we completely changed the ride the, dynamic. The other problem is that... Uh, the company that built Ninja is no longer in existence. Oh. They, they initially, the ride started out with t- three trains. They had cannibalized one of the trains to keep the other two trains running. And then this happened. So they're down to one train. <laughs> so they were oh. having to hire out to uh, get another train built. But the problem is, is that we're talking about a coaster that's pretty old that coaster enthusiasts don't really care about because it's more of a... Uh, it's what you take your kid on to train them on roller coasters nowadays. I mean, it's got right. a good thrill factor for them, but for no for a coaster enthusiast, it's kind of like... It's pretty yeah. tame. Yeah, pretty tame. But then the worst part is, is by running a single train, it's the slowest line in the park. And so you got all these oh, kids that want to ride yeah. it. And you've got one train running on this thing. And so you got to wait for everybody to disembark and then the people to get on. And of course, it's one of those that uh, I don't know if they do, if you're familiar with like Fast Pass. So people mm-hmm. pay extra money, then they can cut to the front of the line. So then people are doing that on the thing too. So it, it's one of those situations where it just makes everybody grumpy. <laughs> yeah, that would not be fun. And now they've taken away all the trees, it takes away that amazing tunnel effect that you get. Exactly. With the right. Oh, yeah, exactly. that's pretty much don't bother, right? Yeah, yeah. They may as well just pull it down. California has a, uh, Southern California specifically has all these earthquake uh, rules in effect. And one of them is that, like with roller coasters, you cannot dig them underground, have them go underground. Um, okay. It's against the rules. However, you can make a tunnel over the top of them. Yes. Well, one of the rides that's been there since 1976, uh, Revolution, they built the tunnel, and then they just kept on throwing dirt on top of it, and now it looks like it goes through <laughs> through the outside. Because <laughs> it's got grass growing on top of it. I mean, it's, like, it's been like that since the mid-80s. Um, so you can imagine now you would never know that there was a a, you know, a steel tunnel that you're going through. Um, so basically, they just kind of got it certified as no, no, it's definitely a steel tunnel that it's going through. It's all good. And then they just sort of went, okay, good. It's certified now. See ya. Yep. <laughs> they just <laughs> just modified it. Love interesting, it. interesting workarounds that they, they go there. Um, okay, enough of that kind of chatter. Let's talk pinball. But first, I must show you this, Jared. You're going to love okay. this. My wife bought me a t shirt, pinball related. Oh, an alien. <laughs> It is an alien playing an alien pinball game. <laughs> and the alien pinball game reminds me as soon as I saw it of like Bride of Pinball alien type of Yeah, um, you were talking uh, the we're talking the skinny greys, uh if you're is... familiar with what the, what the you know the big eyes, big head, the little tiny skinny bodies. Um skinny I will grays. post a That's picture a of that up on uh on the uh, Twitter account. So you listening to the cool podcast can know what I'm talking about, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. I love it. It's my, my <laughs> new favorite. 
That'll um, be the next straight to the uh, straight to the uh, next tournament. That one, right? That'll be, be yeah, so that. wearing two tournaments. It'll be will be worn to Alien Covenant on the day that opens. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, geez. Speaking speaking of tournaments, we we just had the the April um, tournament for BBC. Boy, did I have a bomb in that. Oh, <laughs> it was terrible. I was about twenty out of fifty or something like that. Um, and I just couldn't get a trick. Like all the machines. Yeah, I'm not were just sad with being twenty out of fifty. I, I like being middle of the pack. That's good in my terms. Oh no! I tell you what, the creature from the Black Lagoon there—it looked beautiful. It had the um, the television mod where yeah. the hologram is, and it just wow! It looks so good in person when you see that. But boy, it was brutal. Oh, I don't think <laughs> I actually. Cleared. Let's compare your brutality of creature to the brutality of creature that I had at the uh, tournament that I went to last week. Oh. Okay, well, this thing wouldn't let me get much more than probably about thirty million. Okay. Um, wouldn't let me get more than thirty million. I saw some one hundred and forties on it. Um, yeah. uh, geez, it was. What are, What are the features though that that tripped you up the most? The outlines, for instance. The oh, the outlines got you. Oh yeah, boy, they just and I think the outlines and the um. I think just when it goes wild between the slings, there's something about those slings for me that just put the ball into perilous danger more so than other pinball machines. So it's probably because of the the closeness of all the other stuff um, on the play field toward, to the flippers. It's very busy in that top third and in the bottom third. Because I'll tell you what, uh, what the machine at our tournament uh, did to me. So first off, I like to do what I do in TPA, which is launch the ball all the way around the orbit. Mm -hmm. um, so that it, And if you time it right, you'll score uh, KISS Yep. Uh, completely. You won't have to, then you won't have to build up that, right? So I did that. And and usually what I do in TPA, and I've done it on other uh, machines, is I let the ball come all the way down and it does a dead pass. So bounce off the flipper over to the other side. You catch it on that side. In TPA, you do. Um, <laughs> and, and you're good to go, right? So I did that. It whipped around. Boom, straight to a center drain. Oh, never yeah. Even, never even touched the flipper. Oh, wait. You've <laughs> got to be kidding me. So... Uh -huh. Next ball, launch it. I go to catch it, uh, uh, try and do it that way. And it grazed the top of it, the, the flipper, bounced and then dribbled down to the middle. I was like, what? Yeah, it so, sounds like they So basically down. what I had to do was you had to flip as it came down off the orbit. Um, yeah. That was the only way to keep the ball alive. So that was viciousness number one. Uh, viciousness number two was the flippers were set really shallow for when they go into their flip up position. Oh. So catching the ball uh, or gaining control of the ball, especially on the left flipper, was brutal. I mean, I mm. couldn't do it. I was trying and trying and trying, and I could not do it. Um, and then you throw in the additional addition of, yes, the slant, the slingshots were slinging them straight into the outlanes. Um, the pop bumpers up top were not uh, popping all that much, so you weren't getting much activity out of that. Um, about the only thing that uh, was easy to hit was the main ramp. <laughs> Everything else yeah. was just like, what the heck, man? This game is mean. And we'll talk about that main ramp a little bit later in comparison. Yes, we will. But, but um, I think, yeah, it was... Being very badly behaved towards me, but the <laughs> one game I had a, a a really good night on, and I forget the name of it, but it was another belly wide body, um, and it was 
I got the tip before I played because I said, I've never played this before. What's the what's the deal? And of course, with that era of wide bodies, pretty much drop targets forever mm. and um, and then get your multiplier up and you'll have a good time. So that's what I did. Um, and it was not as brutal as Space Invaders um, is because that is very bad with the dual, the, the stack flippers. It's not yeah. fun. Um, but this one... It was fun to play. Like it was controllable enough. They did have some nasty features. Like it had pop bumpers right near the outlanes. Um, so, yeah. Well, I haven't told what table it is. Stellar Wars. Yeah. And um, it was it basically just basically spells stellar for the drop targets over and over again. And yeah, around the outlanes, though, it had really, it had pop bumpers right next to the outlanes. It was. <laughs> Really risky. Uh, so if it hit it, you we had the, the ball slamming around the outlane area, and it was yeah risky as. But yeah, the biggest trick with that one is don't full plunge because it will just go straight around past the outlanes okay. and down the middle. It's very brutal. Um, but I did pretty well on that, and they also had dungeons and dragons there as well. I don't think I've ever seen Have that. You, one. No, it's an interesting game. It has always uh, it has these. Um, outlane diverters on them that basically turn the outlanes into inlanes. There's okay. little bits of spring metal that get actuated by solenoids and they complete the, they close the gap basically. And uh, the problem with it is that if the ball comes around and doesn't um, hit switches properly, it goes straight down at the outlane. <laughs> so you pretty much, when the ball goes to the outlane, you have to have your button, your fingers over the, the, um, the outlane deploy buttons. They're like um, yeah. special buttons so that the little things always go out all the time and the flippers weren't particularly strong in that one but it's a it's a strange game um it's got a lot of hidden areas in it and a lot of um strange play field elements and the layout of it is very interesting it's not really like any other pinball that i've seen who makes it uh it's a um i think it's a belly um, it's very very peculiar um even the back box like the art in the back box is very unusually designed um it's a it's an alphanumeric so it's got one big row of alphanumeric displays down the bottom oh um, so kind of like elvira yes it's of that era so okay. um yeah but it's a it's a very strange table and fun to play but um very bizarre so and it see i didn't do very well on it um as well because it was quite tricky i never really played it before so yeah. i was going in blind but um the, the thing that was interesting though is that i had to do a bit of field repair while i was there and it was twilight zone the slot machine yeah. um had a missing um plunger tip on it so it had snapped off and the ball was just making it out and the coil was getting hotter and hotter and i was going this thing's <laughs> going to burn out so i thought okay what can i fix this thing with and I thought, well, the easiest thing to fix it with is a bit of dowel, and you just jam it in the end, and that sort of keeps it going. Uh, right. You cut it up to length, but it didn't have any dowel. What we had is a bag of old flipper parts um, and some wood putty, um, so kneadable wood putty. And I thought, I can work with this. So <laughs> I sort of I gouged out the plastic that was still remaining in the um, the plunger assembly, and I got a flipper pull bolt, which is about the same length as the um, uh, the puncher tip and I went, ah, oh, that should about work. I sort of got it in there enough that it would stay put and then I 
put it back into the machine and tested the height and everything. I went, that's about right. That should work. And so then I just needed a whole bunch of putty and just shoved it in, screwed it in a bit, and then just let the putty set. And I went to the men's room and used the hairdryer to set the putty. <laughs> um, and, and, really, and it set rock hard. And I think to, uh, it's still actually kicking balls out oh, now. And it worked. It was a bit of um, bush field repair. I loved it. Right. And um, got a beer for that. So that was pretty good. <laughs> Happy. Yeah. Yeah. I got to play a couple of tables that I'd never uh, touched before. So I got to play uh, Ghostbusters LE, mm-hmm. which nice. everybody was just, you know, it looks beautiful. And everybody was saying, this game is mean as hell. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So, yeah, my game didn't last all that long. So I couldn't really tell you what much was going on, but I, no, it was pretty cool. Um, I'd never played the Dark Knight. And, okay. of course, as is often the case when it's a table that I've never ever played before, I did really, really good on it. Yeah. Um, for not knowing what the heck to shoot at, uh, yeah, I won. that was one of the tables that I took first on for uh, my grouping. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty interesting. Um, I also got to play America's Most Haunted and Rob Zonnie, was it Spooks International or something like that? Spook Show International, yeah. Spook Show International. Yeah, I wouldn't pay a thousand bucks for either of those. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I've heard that Rob Zombie is pretty nuts. It has slingshots everywhere on it. Doesn't it does have slingshots everywhere, but it honestly, and I say this about both the tables, they look like what people create as original tables in visual pinball. It's um, just the art is so, so, and the toys are, you know, whatever, not really super interactive in the least. Um, it, I don't know. There was just nothing at all appealing to me. And I was like, wait, how much are people dropping on these? You know, five grand or something like that. Yeah, it's um, about that. I just, I, I don't know. It it did absolutely nothing for me. Um, so I was glad that I actually got a chance to put my hands on it, but that was that was about it. <laughs> and and I was kind of hearing it from a few other people too, where they were just like, "I don't see what the appeal of this one is at all." So I think the the from what I've heard about it, the um, America's Most Haunted is all about you know it's aimed at collectors because it has such deep modes on it. Okay. Like to actually get to the wizard mode on that game, it's pretty hard um, to get to it. And perhaps that's the problem. Um, Maybe it's one of those tables that you actually have to really have a lot of plays on to appreciate it. No, but if Um, the shots aren't interesting, then I don't really care about mm. how deep the rules are. I just, I, I found the shots to be about as interesting as, I mean, dare I say it, some of the Gottlieb premieres. Um, right. Where you just kind of like going, we, you know. Yeah. So what if, I don't care how deep a rule set is, I'm still just not really thrilled with what I'm shooting at in general. Mm, um, fair enough. So I, I can't comment. There is one down at Time Zone Surface Paradise and also... Uh, one of our very good community pinball members, Dr. John, um, who's famous for his collection down there of like you know, 50 or 60 pins. Um, uh, he has both of them. 
and some people have been to his house for a what we call house ball here yeah. in Australia, and um, they've played his extensive collection, including those two. And they said, yeah, they're fun, but I think some of them reach the same opinion as you. They're sort of like, yeah, they're fun, but I don't know. There's something about them. I'm just saying, if you're going to drop five grand on a pinball table, you'd buy a for stone. that same money you can get. Well, even if you don't get a stern, if for that same money you can get a classic DMD, uh, mm. young Williams DMD. Why wouldn't you? You know, I yeah. mean, it's <laughs> that, that's. I, I just don't see for the same money you're going to get so much more banging for your buck out of something else, unless you're concerned yeah. about, uh, you know, the age of parts and stuff like that. But I don't know. Um, yeah, this guy this also is... had one of the most spectacularly shiny whitewaters I've ever seen. Ooh. Like the. Look, it's got Whitewater has hands down one of the most satisfying ramp shots ever <laughs> with mm-hmm. the with the whoop de doos, right? Oh yeah, it's so good. They were so clear plastic, they had kind of that blue tint to them because it was picking up the lighting. Yeah, I mean oh, wow. it, just, it was like looking it, it's like when you see pictures of the Caribbean and the and you know the water there, that's what it just reminded me of. It's just this just so pure and clear. It was just wow. really gorgeous looking, yeah. So just not a skerrick of yellow anywhere on the plastics nope. at all. Not a lick. And then, of course, you know, the play field is just <laughs> reflective to, like, all get out and... You could do you, know. you could shave your beard in it. It's that, it was that mirror-like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was pretty <laughs> amazing. dang amazing. Yeah. That would have played so fast. that Because it's a fast game normally. It is. Um, and it would have been a rocket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was good. Um, uh, this particular house that we went to, also, uh, there was not a single pin that did not have a topper on it. Wow, <laughs> yeah, everything this guy, has to be topped. Yeah, th- this guy likes his mods. Um, I mean, his Walking Dead has pretty much every mod on it that you could think of. Um, and uh, yeah, so so some of the tables, it, it people were joking that his Twilight Zone wasn't working properly because of how many mods it had on. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have enough power for everything else that needed to be going on, but um, it needed an auxiliary power supply, a second power supply, yeah, plug yeah. for the trinkets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that was that was a good time. Hey, why don't we shift over to uh, last time we talked a bit about TPA and that they we hinted that they were for this month off that they've been taking that they were tweaking some of the tables. Yes. Well, they went and then announced some of those tables on the website, so now we can freely talk about them. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! So the three that specifically that I know for a fact um, are currently in the beta, uh, and this is the head-to-head beta that's going on currently. Um, on Steam. On Steam, yeah. These three tables are the newest uh, builds with these tweaks going on, so I was able to test them out. And they are Circus Voltaire, Genie, and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Now, here's the thing. I rarely play Genie, so it's hard for me to tell how much of a change there was, other yeah. than to say this. The ball does not move at lightning speed anymore. Um, so they That's toned weird. down the flipper strength, they toned down the ball or the uh, bumper strength, and they flattened the table out a bit. Good. Um, yeah, so that's good. Uh, it has the proper bounciness that it should should have. Um, 
But beyond that, I really, I mean, I'm not good at the table. I don't know how to rack up high numbers. I'm always just flailing away on it anyway. So I can't really give a judgment as to how effective any of the changes were, other than to say that, yes, there has been changes implemented. Um, Circus Voltaire, a little more noticeable in that the ball is definitely not floaty anymore. There seems to be weight to the ball, which was always the primary argument everybody had on that. Um, yeah, it was way too floaty before. Yeah, the menagerie ball no longer acts like a racquetball and acts like the hollow plastic ball that it is. Excellent. <laughs> so that's good. And although I wasn't able to replicate what has happened in the past uh, as any kind of a test, but I know that the, the juggler and the acrobat loops uh, orbits have been tweaked and fixed of any issues yeah. that they were having. Uh, apparently the also the... What's that? I know I know what happened with the Acrobat. The Acrobat was always a vacuum. So if you okay. shot the ball up there, it would just go up there no matter what. So it will now reject and come back down at you. Um, now the, the Acrobat's the one on the right side, correct? That's right, yeah. You shoot the right loop and right. it diverts you up to the, um, the, the left in lane. The um, problem that I always had with the Acrobat would it be seen that the first two times I'd shoot the ball... Um, it would come around and then kind of do a slow orbit and drop into your, uh, uh, drop into your left flipper. Okay. The third time you did it, it would come rocketing out at a different angle than it's ever come out before and go straight down the middle. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> so, strange. Yeah. Again, that's one of those things I'm assuming it's uh, once they figured out the collision problems that were causing the vacuum ramp and stuff that, uh, that's been taken care of, but we've that's put the- in the re- I was going to say the other thing you were talking about was the uh, juggler, and yeah. the col- the problem with that was simply the collisions in the saucers. And um, when you shot the ball into the juggler, um, the ball would look like it was sitting up nowhere. Uh, it was oh. sort of hovering over the area where it shouldn't be sitting. And then when the juggler animation took effect, the ball would drop into the saucer and then be juggled over to the left-hand side. It just looked like it was all misaligned. Oh, okay. Um, so now the balls actually settle in the saucer, apparently, and they'll be juggled over correctly. So it looks a lot more realistic. It was okay. really jarring. I went, oh, that looks so janky when I was watching it every single time. So, so I, had a few, good. I had a few games going on on Circus, and mm. I will say that the difficulty is a little steeper now. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to nearly get as many hits on... Uh, on the ring master that I have been before. Uh, the ball goes a little bit wilder. Um, the right lane has now become <laughs> really nasty. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nastier than I recall it ever being before. Um, Which is correct on that game because it is dangerous yeah. being right near the, near the pop yeah. bumpers. It should um, be treacherous. And I mean, in general, it, it did play pretty sweet. I mean, a lot of times I can get through all four ringmasters without a problem. And I think yep. I only activated the second one. Um, right. That tells you anything uh, there. We keep on requesting it and hopefully it'll be, <laughs> we've been told it will get looked into, but a while back we lost all the additional judges. We only were stuck with the same three judges game after game after game. Oh uh, yeah. And so we've been told that that'll get looked into. I mean, that obviously has nothing to do with gameplay and probably everything to do with programming, but... Yeah, it's more just for emulation completeness, really. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
So now the big one is Creature from the Black Lagoon. This yeah. is a table that I have extensive playtime on in TPA. Um, my high score is in the five billions. That's I pretty good. regularly get a billion on the table. Me activating multiball is not an if, but it's a matter of when and how Gosh. quickly. Um, how many times on one ball am I going to do it? <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 never even like an issue. And then once I'm in multiball, I've always joked that you can pretty much do away with your left flipper, um, you know, tie it with a rubber band so that it's up and your finger doesn't cramp, and then do the rest of the table with uh, with the right flipper, um, right. so long as you have the ball caught on the left. Well, this new tuning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't work so well anymore. Let me tell you. Um, I, in the dozen or more games I played, I activated multiball. I never so much as found the girl. (laughs) Right. If that tells you anything. Um, Yeah. The the problem, and well, I shouldn't say problem. The addition is... Again, they fixed the vacuum ramp on the the main ramp. Now, I never realized how much a vacuum it was, because like I said, on the real tables, I've never had much of a problem hitting that ramp. Yeah. Well, I would say 80% of the time, your ball's still going to go up the ramp. As long as you got a good hard hit on it, fine. Yep. It's those little dinky hits that you do that, that were magically getting sucked up. Nope, they're rolling right back down, and most of the time, they're going straight down the center range. Ooh. So what that hap- what the effect of that is, is when you're in multi-ball and you miss that ramp, and you see that ball coming down, you got one choice for saving it, and that's flinging the ball in your left flipper and try and <laughs> do a little missile command action and knock that ball off of its trajectory. Wow. Okay. Um, so ball control has become way more difficult in multi-ball. And that just wrecked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. Big time wrecked me. Now the other thing, which is a uh, uh, that you probably didn't realize how much of a vacuum it was, is the snack bar um, sink. I was able to hit the snack bar from either flipper with ninety percent accuracy previously, just no issues at all. Just wham, wham, wham! I could sink it every time. This new build, uh, uh-uh. it's bouncing around all over the place. Now, what they've done is and this is what i think is good previously the four snack bar lights two on either side of the uh the lane if you will uh the yep. blue targets um previously the upper left uh target you could not aim for it the only way that you could actually hit that thing as far as i knew was on a live flip and that was just like typically you would end up having it go straight up the ramp instead you would either hit the yep. lower target on the left and it bounce up into the ramp, or you go straight up to the ramp. Hitting that thing, I don't know, it was just it wasn't in in the cards at all. And then on the uh, snack bar side, again, those two targets, if you aimed for them, it was kind of dangerous and almost always immediately wound up in a drain. And again, I think you were only able to accurately hit one of them. So what that meant was you're always having to send the ball up the center lane into the pop bumpers to rotate where the lights were so that then you can get into one of those positions where you could aim for it and, and hit it. Not mm. so with the new build. Now you can actually aim for these things and hit them. Um, That's awesome. Which is, which is good. The bad news is that the, call it a center post right to the left of the snack bar, it's a little rubber post, 
um, yeah. that guards the snack bar from the uh, from the center lane. Oh, that thing is deadly. You oh, yeah. missed the snack bar. You hit that. Welcome to a center drain. I oh, have right. never center drained so many times as I have on this table with this new build. So it's gotten a lot more vicious on that um, around the snack bars. And so snack bars dangerous. Center ramp is dangerous. The two side, the, you know, the slide and the kiss orbit, those are now a little bit more accurate for hitting. Like before, oh, okay. it seemed like you had to just let the ball really get to the edge of your flipper and, yep. and go. And if you just missed it ever so slightly, it didn't go anywhere near those lanes, right? Yes. The lanes are seem a little bit better aiming to hit, which makes me hopeful if they ever do uh, Tilt of the Arabian Nights, because those are notoriously awful for oh, hitting yeah. the, <laughs> the those those orbit shots with on off the tip of your flipper. That maybe something could be done about that. Same thing with I uh, hope Theater of Magic. Um, yeah, this new kind of tuning. But Flipper Theater of Magic is just begging for a retune. It is oh, so God, yeah. boring to play. It's just so easy. And they've <laughs> already gone through it once, sort of, but not with not. See what they're doing now is they're tuning all the tables the way they tune them currently. So these tables yeah. that they're touching, they're putting in the parameters that they do now. And yes. that also has to do with, uh, I believe it's draw order. Is that what you had, uh, told me at one point, Jared? Uh, draw order relates to graphics. Um, so Well, because they're not able to change the graphics that are on the table itself, but I no. think they can change how the, when they get drawn, and that's what was... So what was happening on Creature was there's two different panes or planes, you might say, the start of the ramp and the top of the ramp. And because of how the order was drawn, that's what was doing the vacuuming of the ball up. And so by shifting them, however they shift them, that's why now the ball is being rejected and coming back down. I've got a feeling that on some of those earlier tables, they actually had a completely different physics map for ramps versus play yeah. fields. So yes, I, I think so. Transitioned onto a ramp, it picked up a completely different set of tuning values. Yeah. And therefore, the ball behaved completely differently. And that's what gave yes. the effect of a vacuum. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. now we're getting we're getting these things. You know, these are these are all lessons that Farsight has learned over the past, you know, seven seasons of doing mm. tables or six seasons, I should say. Seven's about to start. Um, wait, is that correct? Seven's about to start. Yes. Well, yes. Eventually, when they get rid yes. of this uh, this extra beta that they're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're taking all the lessons that they've learned, and now they're applying them to these other tables that I heard they're working on. Uh, Twilight Zone. They're working on Medieval Madness. Um, so it's these first mm. season tables that are getting some much, much needed love. Like I said, you're not going to see a you're not going to see a graphics change, but you're going to feel the change in how it plays to the extent that, like I said, a table like Creature, where I was regularly scoring a billion on with relatively no issue, I was lucky to crack three hundred million. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got decimated in my creature <laughs> attempt at the tournament. I was lucky to even crack a hundred. Like it was just so terrible to me. Yeah. Um, the thing I'd like to see fixed in Medieval Madness is the reverse right ramp bug that when you shoot it, the tuning, the railroading on that ramp actually sends the ball through the plastic in the mirror of oh. the way that the, the ball pass should be going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you see it once and you go, oh, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> um, whenever it happens, like, oh, there's the mirror bug. There we are. So that's a very interesting one. 
Um, well, what they need to do is they need to also add back in on uh, the left ramp of medieval. There was a diverter for if the ball came back down so that it wouldn't uh, go straight down the middle. And TPA yeah, doesn't right. actually have that. There's actually a, that's, I think they've got the tuning in there that has that, that behavior in, but the art isn't there. So there's like a, a little plastic layer on the ramp. Yeah, that but I don't actually, know that they have the tuning necessarily because I was playing it uh, this past week and I had multiple times where the ball came back down and went straight down the middle where it should oh, have okay. diverted. So I don't know. Maybe that's different on mobile right now as opposed to on, on Steam. I actually think mobile is lagging behind in a lot of the um, tuning fixes that are going on to Steam at the moment. Well, um, I think we're back to Steam being the, uh, the test bed. Platform. Yes. Mm. And then everything from there, once they figure it out on Steam, which, again, it makes sense. Use the most powerful platform, do all your tuning on that, and then down-convert from there to these other platforms that can't do what Steam can. I actually found out recently, this is one, one such example that you know, Steam is becoming like the, the primary platform in mobile is sort of, in a way, forgotten to an extent, is that um, I was talking to someone about um, Elvira on Steam and talking about the fact that, oh, yeah, it's so frustrating that Elvira, you have to have promo turned on so you can get Elvira getting multiple jackpots um, in, you know, risque mode. Yeah. And they said, hang on, that, that's been, ever, ever since TPA got re-rated to teen, that's been on Steam for ages. I said, well, it's, it's not on mobile. We're still having tame mode on mobile ever since it was released. And... Um, so yeah, raise that as a bug. Because <laughs> you, you know, know I've not, I haven't played Scared Stiff in a long time. I should uh, throw that in and see if that's truly there. Yeah, well, you know, the way you get multiple jackpots is just keep shooting the ramps over and over and over again. Eventually, she'll she'll say the quote. Um, so that's the way you test it. Well, um, but there's also the if you get um, the various the deadheads. deadheads. There's a couple of those that have not made the family friendly cut. Um, yeah, shrunken head is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's so so many quotes that get cut out of that game. Yeah. So, uh, but what I wanted I think... to what I want to circle back on with regards mm. to creature, and that was last time we made our pitch for why you should clear the leaderboards. This oh, yeah. really reiterated why they should clear the leaderboards. Now yeah. we got some blowback uh, <laughs> with what we did discussed. Um, in our podcast thread, some people uh, came back at us and were like, why should you, uh, you know, there's no need to replace the leaderboards and that's an unnecessary move. And, you know, there has been cleanup on the bad scores and things like that. But again, we're talking about if you can't play the game the way it was previously played that set certain scores, then it's not fair to try and beat those. Now, it's one thing if they make the game easier and you can beat those scores. But yeah. if you make the game harder, then that's not... That's uh, that's just... Yeah, that's changed the layout of the game. Therefore, those scores are obviously invalid. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so one of, the, one of the blowbacks that we got was from one of these guys that uh, can just decimate TPA tables, uh, Tarek Oberdick. Yeah. And... Tarek made the comment of, well, I don't play these tables that much as it is. I'm certainly not going to go back and play them again to regain my high score. Which mm. pretty much made my point 
of what a problem with a leaderboard is if it's not being active. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't really have any other comment except. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want if you want a stale, stagnant leaderboard, then okay, I guess that's the way you do it. If you want an active leaderboard that uh, has people trying again, <laughs> then you reset them. Yeah, um, that's right. I don't know if we're gonna get it or not because I hear there's also some resistance up at Farsight among certain people um, mm. that don't want to reset versus people that do. Um, Again, I don't, I'm not, a, I hate it when people are afraid to change something because of a very, very, very tiny minority of people um, that they don't want to upset or vice versa. Those people become upset and you don't hear anything from the thousands and thousands and thousands of other people, but they go like, oh no, somebody complained, got to change it. And you're like, yeah. but what about everybody else? And then everybody else yeah. is going to complain and you're going to be like, well, no, but we changed it. Sorry, we're not changing it again. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. So, I, I don't know. I think it's for the good of the game that they got to start fresh. And again, if Seven you make it a reason. regular, you make it a regular yeah. thing, it becomes the new normal. Everybody accepts it. Boom. Honestly, they could do it in a stage approach. Just reset the the games that actually had the tuning changes in and try it out on those three. So the worst that could happen was that people with the top. 10 scores on those tables will get annoyed. So that's a total of 30 customers. Yeah. <laughs> that top 10 scores that would actually be annoyed out of the thousands upon thousands of people that play those games. I think that's a fairly good risk to actually try. Yeah. Um, and see if there's a lot of fallout. And you can make it, a, you could actually make it known that the leaderboards had been reset on those tables and actually see what happens from a business perspective. Like right. what happens? Do you see a, a massive uptick in people actually competing on those tables? Right. And you know, measure it like that. Like there's so many easy ways of measuring impact of that decision. Um, and I'd totally be doing, I would do it purely out of interest sake as a product owner, if I was working there saying, yep, I want to actually test a theory and I want to try this out and see what it does. You know, it's there's no harm in doing it except maybe annoying at worst, even if you look at the top 100, like let's call it 300 people maximum um, out of the yeah. thousands. Like that's a that's a, such a low risk um, yeah. from a customer satisfaction perspective. It's it's a no brainer. Um, also want to touch upon this week. Well, here we'll just go into what is pretty much becoming a weekly segment. Uh, this week, and Chris touches real pinball machines that he owns. Um, oh yes. <laughs> so, the guy that was going to be coming over and working on my table prior to Easter uh, circumstances didn't work out for that to happen. He was supposed to come over uh, this past week on a Wednesday. That didn't happen for certain circumstances. And then he was going to come over today and there was a massive freeway closure. So that didn't happen. So now we're looking at uh, Monday with him coming over. Um, yeah. It'll happen eventually. In the meantime, I took all the clear plastics off of a ball deluxe, scanned them into my computer. Also uh, traced them with uh, just a pencil onto a pad of paper, sent those over to my pal who is, got the laser CNC. He is currently transferring what I sent him, uh, transferring that onto his computer, uh, tracing those into the, the, the CAD program. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be able to cut those out 
and compare them. And so hopefully by next session, I'll be able to tell you, uh, maybe even have photos of uh, some new cut plastics for Ebola Lux. Awesome. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be, be cool. so good. Yeah. Um, also, I took my play field of firepower with me to the tournament the other week. Oh, okay. And I asked around, hey, does anybody have experience with clear coating? And I got a bunch of, no, hell no, nope, not me. I wouldn't do that. I send it out to somebody else that knows what they're doing. Um, yeah, correct and answer. I, <laughs> and, then, and then I got uh, pointed over to uh, this guy, Tim. Uh, Tim is the one that did that incredible uh, getaway table. Oh, was featured. Yeah. Um, that getaway also, black. Yes. That was yeah. good. Um, he also himself did firepower and made it all shiny and blingy. So I talked to him. Turns out he did spray his tables himself. Oh, um, not okay. firepower because firepower was a CPR playfield, but yes. uh, with getaway he did. And so I was grilling him and asking him, and I was like, "Hey, why don't you just take a look at my playfield? I got it here with me." So he came out. He took a look at it, and he pretty much pointed out to it as far as prep work goes. Um, the playfield is so old as it is. I don't need to really sand and buff it anymore. <laughs> the, the clear coat oh. would just stick just fine to it. Okay. Um, he pointed out what he thought was inserts that weren't uh, level anymore, but yeah. I think it also happens to be that that's where the paint uh, stopped and then the wood started. So it dips mm -hmm. down because the paint is chipped away, which will just fill once you clear coat you know, a couple of times, that area will fill anyway. So I don't okay. know that I'm going to sand down the um, those inserts any farther. But his big recommendation, which really just made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, was, well, you got the underside of the playfield still populated. What are you doing with that? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you got to take all that off. I said, but I'm seeing yeah. all these videos of guys where they build boxes and they you know, put put all that so it's protected, you know, so long as you plug all the holes and everything. And he goes, you can spend all that time building that. And all that time plugging all the holes and making sure that uh, you know clear won't go down there. He goes, and then you're going to sand it, and you're going to create a whole bunch of little white specks. And those little white specks are going to get all over everything eventually. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like glitter. And so I went, but I don't want to depopulate the bottom of the play field. And he goes, ah, it's real easy. He goes, you just unscrew all the screws, you pull out all the staples. And then you get a big piece of cardboard and you just slide it all over onto the big piece of cardboard. And he says it, it all has a memory anyway. Uh, you know, the wires all have memory, so it's going to retain its shape. And then you have a perfectly, you know, easy surface. You don't have to plug the holes and you can do what you need to do with, with all the, uh, with all the clear coating. And then he mm. said, as far as the clear coating itself, don't be scared of it. He says, you spray it. You look at it in 20 minutes after it's, you know, settled goes, if it's orange peeled or, you know, not looking good, he goes, you just blast it with another coat. <laughs> All right. You just keep on shoving it on until it looks good. Exactly. And he goes, you blast another coat if that doesn't look good or whatever. He goes, well, then you get out your sand, you know, you sand it and you sand down and make it all flat again and you do another coat. He goes, it's not, he goes, I know you're think what you're thinking. Oh my God. Once I spray the clear, I'm screwed. I'm committed. And he goes, he goes, it's pretty easy to make corrections on. Um, and, and it's get more it good. forgiving than you would think. Yeah, more forgiving than you would think. He said his big thing was, where are you going to spray it? <laughs> and his recommendation was, and I was kind of thinking this, was set up a pop-up tent, put curtains on two sides of it, leave the other two sides open for airflow, um, yeah. blast it, and then you can put up the tarps while it sets so that the dust yeah. doesn't get on. You pull the tarps back down, check it out, do it outside in that nature, and that'll be... 
Absolutely yeah. outside. And then, as you said, as soon as you're happy with the spray or with the coating, that's when you want to get it into a, a dust-free environment for sure. Um, so no dust gets on it. But uh, And then ultimately... Oh, while he it's was, still he was, wet and you're still applying it, it's a little bit less risky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the only thing he said is it smells to high heaven, like just yeah. absolutely rank terrible. Um, yeah. He made recommendations just to make sure. He said uh, that my air compressor tank is large enough to be able to handle me doing an entire pass of the play field before I run out of air because um, yeah. that would be bad. You might even worthwhile hiring a proper massive one from like one of the higher shops. And um, you can hire them for like a day and just get it done. Right. Mm. Um, and then he said, just test-wise, he just said, throw in water and uh, you know, test your strokes and, and learn it that way before you throw in the real stuff. Not on, obviously not spraying water onto the play field, but spray it onto a you know, piece of wood or something like that um, so you can see what your coverage is and, and get a feel for, for the spraying that way. Okay, so actually spray with water onto a board and then... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good tip, actually. Yeah. And then ultimately, because he's done firepower before, uh, he was like, if you get stuck, if you don't remember where pieces go or anything of that, he's like, you know, just give me a call <laughs> and, and he can, you know, help me out that way. So I'm, I'm almost leaning towards depopulating that bad boy, which just again, do it. frightening, but just mm, lock it know. in. Lock in, lock in the current <laughs> state of the play field. And yes, it's going to have voids, a little bit of um, graphics missing on it. But, you know, who cares? Lock it in. Well, that was the funny thing. Was one of the guys that also owns a firepower, and I was showing him the, the table. And he goes, he goes yeah, it's kind of beat up. Goes, I kind of like the idea, though, of just coating, you know, spraying it that way and leaving it as is. You know, leave it beat up. He goes, if you're not going to do a full restoration on it, then why not? <laughs> look in look in the table's history. Exactly. And, and make it look like a 40-year-old table. And and you get uh, that with the in the car field, there's guys that they like the patina of it's not real rust, you know, it's uh, oxidization and, and everything that happens on some of these cars and they clear coat that in. Um so it, that's that for them it's appealing. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought, you know what, that might not be, you know, there's some corrections I would still have to make. Um, and that are easy and basic, um, yeah. like filling in the red laser line that's coming down and I need to put in all my, all the numbers back onto all the inserts. Um, but as for trying to fix the artwork itself, maybe just leave, leave it as is. Mm. I keep on saying this. What I really, really wish was that I knew somebody that was a gung ho airbrush artist yeah. that, um, knew their stuff and would just make the whole thing star Wars. Just yeah. make it, make it a, you know, cause, cause, and then, oh, and I'm thinking about this, Jared, I am thinking about this. If I do depopulate the bottom of the play field, taking that play field over to a jig, cutting out the two holes so that if I want to do the drop target, I would uh, totally do it. That I it's, it's prepared for it. It's prepared yeah. for it. Make sure um, just like use the, um, the dimensions of your mates five. Cause if it's a CPR, yeah. His will be, um, yeah. Uh, he'll have the voids for the the drops, and totally do it. Why would not? Why wouldn't you do it? Um, but uh, you know the because uh, then I would make the drops if I was doing a Star Wars theme. I'd make the drops stormtroopers. Um, you know, so I'm already thinking about like, oh, what would I do? And then the news that they have uh, since you can do a soundboard that you can put your own sound effects in. Oh my god, yep. can you imagine like 
screw putting an X-Wing coming out this Death Star. I'd make the Millennium Falcon. And then every every time you get into the pop bumpers, the sound effect would be the the, the quad laser that's on the, the Falcon going off. Um, yep. Like, oh you my God, even, I can rethink the hell out of this thing. You could even like get a, um, a bit of CNC work done and put a plastic Millennium Falcon over the top of those pop bumpers. So it's like a enclosed sort of area. Yeah. Like with a almost like a, a lid on the top of it. Right. So yeah, that'd be so good. Yeah. But unfortunately I don't know an airbrush or airbrush artist, so <laughs> no. so you're just gonna have to lock it in the way it is and well, yeah, the way it is. what's what's the worst that can happen, right? And that's really what I gotta think about. What is the worst that can happen? It's not again, if I'm not doing a, a, a full restoration. Mm. There's not well, much worse that can be done, you know. Really. It did get me yeah. thinking. I didn't realize that. So, Able Deluxe, I've got Mylar over the entire playfield, yeah. and apparently that was factory installed. Mm-hmm. Um, that they would do that back then. I didn't realize that. So the 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 what looks like cracks that are on my uh, the various pool balls. That's the Mylar cracking. It's not all right, and and the paint that's coming up. Well, the paint is what's on the inserts. Because right. obviously the inserts get hot. That's what's cooking the mylar. That's what's making the mylar crack, et cetera. So that's one of those things where it's like, if I was successful with firepower, then I would feel empowered to go ahead and take the mylar completely off of eight ball and yep. and spray that. Um, I've done. I took the mylar. Approaches. Yeah, I took the mylar off of firepower doing the uh, the freezy method and it worked wonderfully yeah i've heard that's so effective apparently on william system 11s it's very dangerous to do because they didn't let the paint set before they put the mylar down (laughs) and so people have had it where they take the mylar up and there goes the paint also but i don't (laughs) think that's the issue with the these early ballets (laughs) um like i said i didn't have any problem with firepower so that's one of those things too where i was like oh very interesting because i'm trying to read up right now about um my mylar is not cloudy to the best of my knowledge, mm. uh, but people are saying that there is something called Treasure Cove that they've used uh, to buff and makes the mylar just look absolutely amazing. Um, and then you, you can go ahead and wax on top of that. So it's one of those things where I'm kind of keeping on the back of my mind. This would be a oh, ways, ways, ways down the line. Like I said, I'd have to have firepower up and back up and be satisfied that I can do it before I touch a ball with any of that. Well, kind the of other thing you could do is could actually you could with all the parts off your, all the plastic parts off eight ball, you could go and get a sheet of mylar. Uh, they just come in rolls and you could just um, get the old stuff off and put new stuff on for the time being. Um, well, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even bother putting mylar down again. That's mm. I just, I wouldn't even bother. You go straight. Yeah, so, somebody said mylar was made for tables that were on route and just getting pounded on a daily basis. Um, mm. Home use only. You're certainly not going to be pounding the machine that <laughs> that, that much. much. Yeah, I know. I know so. operators now who get a brand new stern, and the first thing they do is they put mylar down on top of the clear coat. Oh my god. Um, yep. There's there's. I know an operator who does that now for all of his pins that he puts on route. Um, for that reason, because the the clear coat they're putting on Stearns now doesn't seem to wear as well as um, the uh, older Belly Williams clear coats. So, because okay. the, the diamond plate that they were using on uh, all the Belly Williams in the 90s was just like, they still look good now. 
Um, yeah. Unless, unless your table has been flogged to death. Um, <laughs> like I did, I remember going over to a Wuzi mechanic in um, San Fran and their uh, Indiana Jones, which has a diamond plate um, plated on, was down to the white undercoat um, mm. in some places. And I went, wow, that's that's got to have seen some serious play for it to be like yeah. that or some very, very badly worn balls. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty hard to get it down. But yeah, the new sterns, there's been mixed reviews on how good they wear. Hmm. Um, so yeah, this guy just he doesn't even depopulate the playfield. He's he's that good at putting on mylar now Jeez. that he will actually just lay the sheet down roughly over the playfield and then just right. cut away at it to get it to go into where he needs it to go. Um, I watched him do it once. And I said, "Why aren't you depopulating the playfield first again?" I don't need to. I went, <laughs> "Wow, that's that's pretty good, man." <laughs> um, yeah, pretty good technique. Pretty good indeed. So anyway, that's where that's where I'm at uh, on that. Hey, if you want to check out, I did make a pin side post. There's a uh, eight ball deluxe owners club and visitors welcome. I think is what it's called. Um, I posted a whole slew of pictures up on there, and uh, oh, cool. Just it was it's like on the twenty fourth page of. <laughs> I read all 24 pages too. That took a while. Um, <laughs> just trying to learn, you know, but out of that, I learned like somebody already figured out what the paint colors are for the cabinet. Um, so oh, I already had, so now I have those numbers if I ever wanted to go there. Um, that's then I re cool. they read never sand a uh, cabinet because they're full of lead paint, even ones from the nineties. Really? Yeah, oh. Because lead paint was banned for home use, but industrial use, it wasn't banned until just recently in the two thousands. So they so said, what do you, what do you do then? Do you just sand it outside? Do not sand it inside your garage. And wear a respirator. And, and wear a stuff. respirator. Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I would never have thought that. I would never have even thought. There you yeah. go. So things, things learned when reading threads is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> read threads, save your life. <laughs> wow all right hey um we're gonna call it a week i do want to give everybody a heads up um currently if things go the way that our recording schedule normally goes on may 20th we will be recording our 100th uh podcast yes we have plans to have a whole slew of voices that have uh, graced this podcast in the past whether it be uh people from farsight or podcast hosts uh, previously, we're reaching out to uh, Zolt, and I believe right now, Jared, you have a uh, survey that you had conducted for questions for Zolt from yes. uh, Ask Homework about uh, the Zachariah tables, and we'll be reading the responses to that during that podcast also. Um, right. I think it's still open. It's still open. Recording. So okay. I'm leaving it open until I've actually published the podcast, and then I'll I'll probably close it a couple of days after the podcast is actually released, um, okay. just in case people want to do it. It's uh, there's a if you want to go and complete it, is a uh, pin thread in the Ask Homework sub forum on Pin Arcade fans. Um, I also tweeted about it last week. If you follow the Arcade uh, Twitter account, so you can go there. All the um, the you can choose to put your forum name down if you want, or if you want to remain anonymous, you can do that too. And um, I've structured the form in such a way that you can ask about five questions, um, but you don't need to ask all five if you don't want to. And if you want to edit your responses, you can do that as well after you've submitted it. So I've tried to make it 
as open and as easy to use as possible. It's just using Google Forms. So um, it's very basic. What we'd also like to encourage is uh, between now and then, uh, we record our podcast using Google Hangouts. Uh, if you don't have a Google Hangouts account, why don't you go ahead and create one? And then on that date, you can actually join us for the live recording of the podcast. And though we won't let you talk in the podcast, we do have a comments uh, section along the side. And you can feel free to post comments, questions, or whatever. We can try and address it. Basically, we want to make this 100th episode, uh, you know, have a, a little a life going it. And with, uh, yeah, special and... Uh, it's all about us kind of thanking you, the listener, for uh, sticking being with us there. for 100 yeah. episodes. Yeah. Exactly. So that'll be on uh, May 20th, uh, probably recording at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Yep. And which is about 8 a.m. Aussie time, Sunday morning. Aussie time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I just wanted to uh, kick that out. For every other one of your needs, if you want to see what the uh, Alien t-shirt that I uh, purchased, why don't you go, or I didn't purchase, my wife purchased for me. Um, I'm going to be posting that up on Twitter. Follow us at Blockade, or you can follow myself at Shut Your Traps. Jared is at Jared Morgs. Why don't you visit our website, blockadepinball.com. That is where the shows are posted, uh, all our, our past ones as well as show notes and the links to various websites that we talk about during the shows. You can also fire off an email to us, blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, give us comments about the shows, give us the subjects that you want us to talk about, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to, if you uh, listen through Apple Podcasts, which used to be iTunes, but now they've changed their name, make sure you leave a review for us um, if you do, because um, it, it does actually help us. Um, actually gain a little bit more better ranking on um, Apple Podcasts. So uh, that would be great if you wouldn't yes, mind. Current, currently, there's only two, and one of them apparently thinks I talk too much and uh, talk over Jared and laugh at my own jokes. Yeah, that's right. That would have been <laughs> one of the first couple of episodes that someone yes. decided to leave. Way back on. when. <laughs> yeah, things have changed a lot since then. Um, Chris only talks over me a little bit now, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh at my own jokes, though. Sorry. You do. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, letting us take the week off last week for uh, Easter break. And uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff. Yes, we will. Take care, bye. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favourite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, play some pinball.